Ho, ho, ho. Merry Wafflemas. You're listening to Wamtats, the only podcast on the internet that celebrates Wafflemas. Hey, hey, it's me, Waffles. You're listening to Wamtats, the only podcast on the internet that is celebrating Wafflemas. I don't understand why other podcasts haven't gotten on the Wafflemas train. It is the most popular holiday on the the calendar. Uh, look at all the other holidays. You have uh, Ice Cream Sunday and that day of the year where everything feels a bit ick. Uh, and, you know, everybody celebrates it. Everyone loves that holiday. Um, and then Wafflemas. There's only three holidays in the year. And Wafflemas, for some reason, just isn't talked about as much as the other two. You know, podcasts will spend months leading up to the day of the year that feels a bit ick. And that they get really excited for it. You know, they get these guests, hosts on, everyone's talking about, you know, when the ick day comes, what are you going to be doing? How are you going to be embracing your inner ick? All that sort of stuff. The shops full of the day that you feel a bit ick merch. Uh, you know, it comes earlier and earlier every year. Uh, you know, all these decorations and costumes and everybody's trying to outdo themselves with how much they can celebrate the day of the year. You feel a bit ick. And then, of course, Ice Cream Sunday where the dairy industry, and this is the thing, big corporate holiday, where the dairy industry forces ice cream down our throats, quite literally, uh, where they will break into your home, and if you're not eating ice cream, they will force you to eat ice cream, and you might be like, no, I'm dairy intolerant, and but no, they've, they've sorted that, because they've got like soy ice cream, or coconut ice cream, you know, non-dairy ice creams, or they've taken the, the ice cream, and they've taken all the dairy out of it, or they will like inject you with anti-allergy uh, anti medicine, uh, so that you can tolerate the ice cream for that day. Uh, you know, really, it is the day that the, the corporations take over. Fonterra in New Zealand really just is forcing this holiday down our throats. And unfortunately, it's just one of those things where we just have to tolerate it. They're the biggest industry in New Zealand. And if we stopped letting them force ice cream, you know, the entire economy would collapse. And we can't have that now, can we? And then there's Wafflemas. And it just, for some reason, Wafflemas just really doesn't get the attention I feel it deserves. And yes, I know that it is a holiday that I made up. And yes, I know that it is not, quote-unquote, officially recognized. But when has that ever stopped us? When has that ever stopped anybody from celebrating anything? Just because it's not, quote-unquote, officially recognized? Uh, you know, people are too much uh, of sticklers that, you know, oh, you can only celebrate your birthday once a year. But what if what if I wanted to be born on multiple days? Eh? And I didn't get the choice of when I was born. And and I think that's unfair. I think that just because I was born on a specific day doesn't mean that other days aren't significant. Eh? Why can't I just celebrate my birthday whenever I feel like it? And, you know, you walk into the shops and, you know, it's like, oh, is there, you know, free food on my birthday? And it's like, yeah, but you're going to need your birth certificate. And it's like, I don't need the government to tell me when I was born. I, was the government there? In the in the birthing suite, eh? Were were they? Was the prime minister the one that you know birthed me and slapped me on the rump and said, "Congratulations, it's a citizen," eh? I don't think so. 
I mean, they could have been. I don't remember it. I was very, very young at the time. If you're like a a government official and you have like records for that sort of thing, because you know, like babies are born all the time, and I don't know what the government's up to, so they might as well be helping doctors birth babies. There could be something they're doing. In which case, good, yeah, then then they can dictate when you were born. But if they weren't there, then how do they know what day it was? You could have been born multiple days. What if, hypothetically, you were born and then you're like, nah, I'm not feeling this. And then you like unbirthed yourself and your mum was just like, nah, screw that shit. And then like birthed you again. And so, you know, you just kept on cycling until you're like too big. You know, just because you don't have an umbilical cord doesn't mean, uh, and I'm not a doctor. I don't know how these things work. Nobody educated me. Every time I go to the hospital and start asking people, they politely ask me to leave. And I think that's unfair. I'm like, how can I get educated about this? People are always asking me, waffles, where do babies come from? And I, I, I don't know. It's a conspiracy. You go into the hospital and they're like, can I have a baby? Because you want to like run some tests? You want to ask the baby where it came from? You know, and all that sort of stuff. Because who, who more knowledgeable about birth than a baby? They just lived through it. They just came through it like they full of knowledge. Why aren't we asking babies what the experience of birth is like? We ask the mothers. The mothers, lots of information about, you know, what giving birth is like. But what about babies? We never ask them what being born is like. And then by the time that you're interested about it, you've forgotten it because you're too old. Why why aren't why aren't babies more scientifically studied? Because I think we could learn a lot from them. Baby is born and it comes out and there's, you know, all the doctors and the government officials and all that sort of stuff. But why isn't there like a lecturer there, like asking it a whole bunch of questions and the baby can answer questions while it's fresh, you know, the mum can still hold it and do all that sort of stuff and it can get swaddled and, and all this stuff. But at, at least we should get the insight from the baby's perspective on what birth is like, because that's, you know, you go into a hospital. You go into a hospital and you ask them if they, you can run tests on the babies and they just look at you and they kick you out and they call security. And I think that's, that's unfair. I think that's very, very unfair. But anyways, this episode, we're going to be reviewing famous Wafflemas movies. And you might be thinking to yourself, geez, Waffles, I've never seen a Wafflemas movie in my life. I didn't even know they made Wafflemas movies. And that's, and that's, this is the point. This is the point, is that the most famous Wafflemas movies are the ones that I've made and people haven't seen them. And I think that that's ridiculous. And how how can people enjoy good movies if they're not watching them? And so I've selected five of what I think are the best Wafflemas movies. Not in any order. Not in any order. Don't Don't think just because I'm doing them you know, in, in the order that I'm going to be doing them, that that is like my preference of them. All Wafflemas movies are special. And and they deserve the same amount of love and attention as any other Wafflemas movies. And so if you think that I'm playing favourites with Wafflemas movies, you're wrong. Except, of course, obviously the one that is my favourite, which I will be talking about. But that, just because it's my favourite, doesn't mean I like it more than the other ones or think it's better. You know, don't don't put that on me. It is. It's an amazing movie. It's really, really good, and I'll tell you about it. But don't think that just because it's my favorite and I like it the most that I'm giving it special attention. And just because I'm having it, like, last, so it's the last thing that you listen to. It's just fresh in your brain when you stop listening to this episode and you're going out and you go to the video store and you go up to the clerk and you rent a DVD and you're like, can I, can I rent this DVD 
and they're like, sorry, there's no, like, that doesn't exist anymore. You've got to go online. And it's just like, no, 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 I want physical media. And they're like, no, physical media is dead. And then you, you, you like start threatening them and be like, you're going to be dead if you don't start giving me some physical media. And then they call security again. And it's the same security guard from the hospital. And they look at you and they're like, you again. And you look at them and you're like, you know what? You make a really good security guard. How would you like to be in my movie, Security Guard Saves Wafflemas, which is the first movie we're going to be talking about, based on true events of when I was in the hospital, got kicked out from the baby thing from earlier. Remember earlier when I was talking about the baby thing? It was relevant. It was relevant. Thought I was just going on on a tangent, but no, it was set up because I'm a professional. Do you know, it's the security guard that kicked me out of the hospital for the baby thing when I was in, you know, quote unquote, harassing minimum wage workers in a store that didn't sell physical media. All of that in air quotes, in case you couldn't see it. If it didn't come across on the audio that I was doing air quotes through all that, I was. So when you're like imagining me, whatever I look like in your head when I'm doing this, imagine that version of me doing air quotes about that quote that I did. And then the security guards, like big beefy guy, being all like, oh, look at me, I'm a security guard, I'm so tough, I'm going to manhandle you out of this building. And then you, you cast them in a movie because you're really good at their job. And you're like, you know, so you spend the next few weeks getting to know them, going through the filming process, you know, writing a script together. But our wafflemas is in danger because it's like wafflemas is in a hospital and, you know, because it was beaten up by gangsters because the gangsters thought that wafflemas owed it money because of like some like gambling debts that wafflemas was. And wafflemas is a character in this. I know it's like the concept of a holiday, but like imagine the concept, whatever you imagine wafflemas, the concept of the holiday to be like, imagine that like personified as, as a human or like some anthropomorphic shape doesn't have to be human it could be whatever you want it to be that's the beauty of wafflemas is wafflemas can be whatever you want it to be so imagine like the concept of wafflemas but like anthropomorphize it into into like a physical being that was gambling with some gangsters and it was winning because like wafflemas is always winning because it's the best holiday right but the gangsters thought that it was cheating and so they broke its kneecaps and it ended up in the hospital and the security guard has to protect wafflemas because the gangsters weren't satisfied with just breaking wafflemas's kneecaps they wanted to like you know kill wafflemas and so wafflemas is in danger but good thing there's this very handsome rugged security guard gets still like tender and vulnerable and approachable and so there's like that aspect that we were really playing with of like, you know, not typecasting of like this very stoic sort of figure, but also like they would, you know, on their breaks, visit the children's ward and and look after the kids and, and things like that. And then, you know, these gangsters are going to break into the hospital. But then the, the security guard is like, oh, no, I'm outnumbered. But then the kids come out and they're like, oh, geez, security guard, I, you, you're all outnumbered by these gangsters. What if we helped? And so the kids, like, they get all this, like, medical equipment and they create, like, all these traps the, the gangsters try to go through. Uh, and, you know, and then the kids beat up all the gangsters while, the, like, the security guard is, like, protecting Wafflemas. And then, like, the security guard is, like, in, in a conflict with the, with the lead gangster that also there's, like, a sexual tension between them. Like, 
they're, they're fighting, but like also they're fighting their feelings for each other, if you get what I mean. Like it's, it's really, it's really subtle, but it's like really cool. Like you don't know if they want to like punch each other or kiss each other or both or like what, what that, what that deal is. It's like this really interesting space that they were exploring. It was just like, oh, honestly, the chemistry between them on, on set was just, oh, oh to die for. Amazing. But either way, they're in this conflict and, and they're, they're wrestling and tussling and, you know, stuff is happening. And, and then it looks like the gangster is, is about to, uh, you know, to get the upper hand. And then the kids are all busy keeping the other gangsters away. And the security guard is like, Oh no, I've been undone. And then Waffle Miss gets out of bed and like breaks the, the lead gangster's kneecaps. Cause, you know, they, they were in the hospital enough time that they recovered. And, and the lead gangster goes down and Waffle Miss is about to like extract its revenge on the gangster. But the security guard's like, no, no, let me take care of this. Uh, and, and so like the gangster ends up, all the gangsters, cause they've all been like beating up the kids and stuff like that. And so they all like end up in the hospital because of all their injuries. And so then the security guard has to like look after them and like the gangsters and the kids like learn that they're not actually all that different. And, you know, it's this, like, beautiful story of, like, redemption at the end. And, like, the security guard and the lead gangster end up, like, falling in love. And it's this whole big thing. Anyways, that security guard saves Wafflemas. Uh, what a beautiful film that you should really go and see. Like, it's in all of the video stores. You go to a video store, like, with the actual physical media. If you find one of those, find one of those. Go to the clerk. Ask them. For Security Guard Saves Wolfamus. Now, they're going to tell you that it's a movie that doesn't exist, right? But that's like secret code, right? That secret code for, ah, uh, ah, uh, this is, this is the clever bit, right? Is that you and the clerk have to make the movie yourself. And then it will exist. And that's the secret of it. Yeah? Cause like I've, I've made my version of it, which I really enjoyed. That was, that was a fun movie to watch. But, that's my movie. That's my version of it. You have to go out and make your own version of Security Guard Saves Wafflemas. And that's the beauty of the movie, is that it's a movie that you make yourself and that you get to enjoy yourself. Unlike the next movie that I'm going to be talking about, Jaws 10, Jaws Celebrates Wafflemas. Now, you might think that Jaws is about a shark attacking a beach. And fine. It is about that. And then the other Jaws movies, they're about sharks doing stuff. And at a certain point, the the shark kind of becomes the main character. Where, like, because all the, the other cast, they come and they go. And, you know, actors leave the franchise and all this sort of stuff. But the shark stays consistent. Bruce the shark. Um, the, the original shark that gets blown up. You know, like how in Jaws 7, Jaws goes to heaven. Um, the, the current Jaws shark, like... Uh, eats a priest and gets sanctified and then ends up like swimming all the way to heaven and meets the original shark because whereas from a human perspective you know eating swimmers and, and stuff like that is, is bad um, but like from a shark like that's just what sharks do and so like the shark was actually really good it would you know it would help with uh with like the the shark community and really was like this like paragon of sharkdom uh, and so naturally ended up in Shark Heaven, and so the, the 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 shark from Jaws Seven ends up going and like trading lives and getting Bruce the shark back, and like Bruce the shark then, you know Jaws Eight becomes an accountant, and it's this whole big thing, and Jaws Nine runs for president, and 
you know, brokers world peace and, you know, we're under like this sharkocracy where like this shark rule and it's it's amazing, it's beautiful. And then everyone's just like, what are they going to do with Jaws, with, with Jaws 10? Because uh, like the franchise kind of didn't have anywhere else to go until Wafflemus steps in, right? And that's the beauty of Wafflemus is that if you don't know what to do, do Wafflemus, right? Because that's what Wafflemus is there for. The beauty of Wafflemus is that like as, as it can be anything. It can be anything and it can fill any role that you need it to, right? If you're lonely, you've got Wafflemus. If you've you know, lost your keys, you've got Wafflemus. If your boss is trying to fire you, you've got Wafflemus, right? Wafflemus is the the perfect substitution for whatever it is in your life that you need, right? That's Wafflemus, right? The beauty of Wafflemus. And so when you have a film franchise that you think is on its last legs or last fins, as it were, ah, see what I did because of the sharks, uh, then Jaws... Jaws celebrates Wafflemus. Jaws 10. And you know the holiday special for Star Wars, Star Wars holiday special, where Han and Luke and them, they're all like celebrating Life Day. And it's this whole big thing. Best movie ever. Wins all the Oscars. Everybody loves it. Changes cinema forever. George Lucas, absolute genius. That's what everybody says about George Lucas. It's like, that man can make films. Right? And it's weird how he never made another Star Wars after that. Like, I think he kind of peaked making because they did the original like star wars and then the star wars holiday special and that's the only kind of star wars you'd think that they could make a whole franchise out of it because it seemed like that's kind of what they're planning on doing but but you know either way but that that thing that really like groundbreaking holiday special that just changed cinema forever uh they did that with jaws but better for wafflemas right and so it's effectively bruce the shark swimming around goes back to amity beach and you know, everyone's just like, ah, it's a shark. Uh, and then the shark comes out of the water and it's just like, ah, be waffle miss. And everyone's just like, oh, Bruce, you prankster, you. And, you know, and then it's swimming around, like goes and visits all the, you know, locations from all the other movies. And they all celebrate waffle miss together. And it's just beautiful, just kind of just, uh, not so much a plot, but just more of an energy that the film brings. And I think like that's what everybody who's seen it has said. It's, it's less, Less of a film experience, more of a life experience, where you just kind of soak it in. You just soak it in, and you think, like, man, it's good to be alive. It is so good that Wafflemas is there to be celebrated. And Jaws 10, just, like, it's less a film that lives in your brain, and more of a film that lives in your heart. And when... When you talk to people about Jaws 10, Jaws Celebrates Wafflemas, and they will insist that they only made four Jaws movies, and I will tell them to go and watch Back to the Future Part 2, and what what's playing in the theatre in 2015 is Jaws 10. That's the shark that eats Marty McFly. You know, he's like, you got to go to the future, and goes to the future, and then the shark eats him. And then it's just like, oh no, you ate Marty McFly, and then the shark has to be Back to the Future, you know. And then the rest of those movies was like with a holographic shark. Remember Back to the Future, the movie? I don't know why I'm explaining movies to you. You've seen movies, uh, anyways. That that was Jaws ten, and you're watching Jaws ten, and there's that moment. There's that moment where it's like, oh, what's he doing? What's he doing in Hill Valley? 
And he's like, oh, no, he's going to do the thing. And then there's Marty McFly, and he's Marty McFly. And he's just like, ah, they did the thing. They did the thing. He ain't Marty McFly, you know. And it happened. It was, like, reciprocal. It's like, you'd almost, like, they were, the filmmakers were, like, they set something up in a previous franchise and they paid it off on something else. Beautiful. Beautiful cinema. Anyways, that's Jaws 10. The uh, Jaws celebrates Wafflemas. Which, of course, brings us to the third film that we're going to be talking about. It's less of a film, more of a documentary about the origins of, of Wafflemas. Uh, now, Wafflemas, of course, is mysterious origins. Nobody really knows where it came from, who started it, what's it even about. But it's uh, Louis Theroux and the rest of his crew going and searching in deepest, darkest Peru for the origins of Wafflemas. And they're walking through the jungle and they're discovering new species and uncontacted tribes. And, you know, they come across uh, this whole, like, lost civilization that we we weren't aware of. And they're really doing some, like, groundbreaking work. And you think, you think that they're never going to find Wafflemas. You think, like, you, you, why are they there? There's, like, they, they heard some rumors from, from, like, local tour guides that... Wafflemas was spotted, a wild Wafflemas was spotted in the jungles of Peru, just cruising about, right? And people were like, is this, is this where Wafflemas came from? Was Wafflemas, like, is the Wafflemas that we celebrate a tamed version of the wild Wafflemas that lives in Peru? Anyways, Louis Threw goes, takes his, you know, film equipment and people and hires some locals and they go out and they, you know, they're exploring. It's kind of a bit of a, a tourist um, advertisement sort of deal where they're kind of working with the, you know Peru tour board about you know oh look at this waterfall you can go and visit and oh look at this temple you can go and stay at whatever they had to film they had to fund it somehow and you know it's fair it's filmmaking um, but they're in, in the forest and you think and you think that they're never going to find Wafflemas this wild Wafflemas is just a rumour that you know they were like drumming up to try to get more people in and then you know, they're about to pack up and go home. And Louis Thoreau is like, just, I want to say goodbye. And he is, he's out there. He's out there in the trees. And you would think that he's having a piss. Right. You hear the zipper come down. There's like a stream of liquid. And I was just like, is, is Louis Thoreau really pissing on camera? Right. But then the camera zooms around, and there's Louis through, and she's like, "What? What are you filming? What the hell are you filming?" And then the zoom, the camera zooms back, and it wasn't, it wasn't actually Louis through taking a piss in the jungles of Peru. It was Wafflemas. It was Wafflemas the whole time. Like Louis through was still like dealing with customs, and so you realise that through the entire documentary, you'd been actually following Wafflemas. A wild Wafflemas was 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 hosting a movie about searching for itself. And I was like, if that's not the most, like, wafflemas thing ever, well, I don't know what is. What's more wafflemas than getting a whole film crew to go to Peru and just, like, pranking them? Be like, oh, I bet wafflemas is over here. Little do they know that wafflemas is right there in front of them this whole time. It's like, I know there's wafflemas behind the street. And then, you know, and to impersonate Louis through as well. The whole, ugh, ugh. I, I, I can't say enough about it, right? So it's, this one is actually on Netflix. Go on Netflix, look up uh, 
look up Finding Waffleness and uh, yeah, this documentary about the origins of Waffleness. Uh, you don't really learn where Waffleness comes from or anything like that, but that's kind of the beauty of it. It's like sometimes questions don't need answers. Sometimes it's just in the in the search for the question itself. Like sometimes what you find is more meaningful than what you were looking for. I think that's beautiful. Now the fourth film that I want to talk about is The Night Before Waffermas. Directed by Martin Scorsese. Not that Martin Scorsese, the other Martin Scorsese. Um, my neighbour, Martin Scorsese. Well, he's not Martin Scorsese, he's Martin Scorsese. Right, Scores is his middle name, Scorsese is... But people just call him, like, Martin Scorsese. And so when I went to the New Zealand Film Board and was like, hey, I've got a movie I want to make, and they're like, oh, yeah, sure, pull the other one. Um, I'm like, no, 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 really, I've got Martin Scorsese who wants to make the movie. And they just, like, flipped the chance to work with Martin Scorsese, and they just, like, funded this whole big thing. And so me and Martin Scorsese, my neighbour, made The Night Before Waffleness. Uh, claymation, where we went down to the creek, got some clay. Turns out that it's really difficult to work with clay because we had to go and get like the local pottery club and and would have to like animate every frame and then like glaze it and put it in the kiln and then shoot it and then go and make more. It's really expensive process. We had we have like all these like clay figurines that are just like slightly different from each other. And people are like, well, what if, do we, do we have to, like, fire the kiln every time? Do we have to, you know, set all these clay figures? I'm like, that's, that's clay. That's what you do with clay. You know, people are pretty, like, other people trying to insist that, you know, other claymation houses really, like, they would have, like, little wire frames and they had this, like, special kind of clay that would, like, stay moist even under, like, studio lights. I'm like, no, the studio lights would bake the clay. That's why you got to do it in the kiln first so the studio lights don't bake them and they'll, like, survive under the lights. And But, like, there's got to be an easy way to do this. And it's like, you know, we spent, like, billions of dollars on, on clay making this claymated uh, The Night Before Waffleman's film. Uh, 13 minutes, which we thought was, was, was quite good for uh, kind of like a one stanza poem. Uh, we, we were able to stretch that out to 13 minutes uh, of just like nothing but like pure claymation. Um, and people were like insisting that we were like, oh, not a creature is stirring, not even a mouse, that we didn't have to make individual mice for every frame. We could just use the same, because it wasn't moving. People were like, it's not moving. You can just use the same clay mouse in every frame. And it was like, no, every frame has to have a different clay mouse in it. That's, that's claymation. You can't just use, reuse the clay. Like, pff, what are we, amateurs? No, we're not going to be reusing the clay. And so every, every frame that's our promise. Like, if you watch it. You watch the movie. And every frame is a whole new clay. Right? And there's like 13 minutes of of movie. It's, you know, 40 frames a second. And so, you know, it's a lot of clay. A lot of work. And I think, um, you know, big, big props. But it costs billions of dollars to make. Uh, and we're trying to get it a theatrical release. But when the New Zealand Film Commission realised 
that it wasn't the Martin Scorsese, but it's a Martin Scorsese, that, you know, they they were like, you, you bankrupted the country. We thought we would be able to to fund the country on this on the back of this movie. Like a Martin Scorsese claymation waffleness movie. Are you kidding? People would love to go see that. But it's not Martin Scorsese, it's Martin Scorsese. Nobody's gonna see that movie. And so they the country's not bankrupt. I'm sorry if this is how you're learning about this. This is not an economics podcast. It's a film review podcast. Uh and and so if this is your first learning uh, that the country of New Zealand is broke. We've got no money. We spent it all on clay for this 13-minute feature. Go watch the movie. Go go insist that it gets a theatrical release. New Zealanders can't see it because we've got no money. The whole country broke. Um, we took out so many loans from so many people. We own so much debt. Um, get it. Go write to your local representative. Uh, have them f- put this movie up. Watch it. Give us money because New Zealand's otherwise. We're going to have to sell New Zealand to Australia. We don't want to do it. We don't want to have to. We're independent. Elon Musk did come in and offer to buy New Zealand, but turns out he's got no money either. It's like the weirdest thing. We're like, oh yeah, sure. You you've you got billions of dollars. You can. And then, but no, he's he's apparently like up to his eyeballs in debt as well. Um, and you know, so that's not a good feeling to be in the same boat as Elon Musk. But either way, um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really sorry that you had to hear about it this way. That you've got like a week to pack up your stuff and and leave the country, um, because Australia did did buy New Zealand, um. And they are turning it into a beach resort for, you know, billionaires. Um, all of Taranaki is just going to be hot tubs. Like one giant hot tub with Taranaki used to be Wellington, nothing but condos. Because uh, it's like the center, people are going to stay in Wellington, like helicopter out to the rest of, uh, to the rest of New Zealand. The South Island... They're just gonna like bulldoze a flat and turn it into a giant ice skating rink. Chatham Islands, they're gonna sink as like a underwater like scuba exhibit. It looks rad. It does look sick as hell. And uh, the best thing is that like every New Zealander is like part of the deal. You you get like one free day. You get a pass, uh, one a, a free day pass um, to to come visit New Zealand land is what they're calling it. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be sick as hell. Um, it's going to be amazing. Coming 2030-ish. But yeah, you've got a week to leave the country because they've got a lot of work to do. But yeah, we made a movie and New Zealand's broke and Australia bought it. Uh, sorry, you had to hear about it this way. The good news is is that I will be leading, leaving this episode with my favorite movie uh, that I will be telling you about. And at first glance, you might not think that it's a Waffleman's movie. You might even insist that I just illegally downloaded another movie off the internet and called it Waffleness, the movie, right? You might think 
that the character of Wafflemus, the anthropomorphic Wafflemus, resembles a a certain DC character that flies and has like laser vision and, you know, saves cats from trees and all that sort of stuff. You, you might think that every time somebody says Wafflemus in the movie that it's just me dubbing over the name of this character with with the word Wafflemus to make it seem like it was Wafflemus the movie. And when you have the tagline, you will believe a Wafflemus can fly, that, that there was like a really just bad Photoshop where I've like taken the word Wafflemus and superimposed it on top of another word. Now you might think that that was the case when you watch it, but according to my lawyers, that is what I did. And that's part of my plea deal, that I have to admit that. However, if you're not a lawyer, it's this really cool movie where, like, Wafflemus's home planet uh, is about to be destroyed. And so Wafflemus's parents um, put it in a in a capsule and, like, send it to Earth. And then it, like, crash lands on a farm. Uh, and Wafflemus is raised uh, by these farmers to have, you know, like, good values and, and things like that. And then it moves to the city to get a job as a journalist. But everyone's just like, oh... Oh, it's it's just little little Wafflemus, the journalist, uh, you know, writing writing stories in the newspaper, and then there's this like other character, um, Wafflemus's love interest, uh, who is also this other journalist, but like the Pulitzer Prize winning and and all this stuff. But also there is Wafflemus who who flies and like saves the day and stuff like that and so this journalist wants to get like an interview with Wafflemus but there is evil Wafflemus who is trying to do like land speculation deals and things like that and so Wafflemus has to has to foil evil Wafflemus and save Wafflemus's love interest and you know it's it's a good movie and then like Wafflemus there's this like thing like you know, they, they have to either save their love interest or, or stop a disaster from happening. And they, you know, do stop the disaster, but their love interest dies and they're really cut up about it. And so they, they have to like fly around the world and they fly around the world so fast that they reverse time and they're able to, to save everybody. And it's this beautiful moment. And people will think like, oh, it breaks the laws of physics. But like, pff, when is breaking laws ever worried anybody here? Wafflemus, the movie. You will believe a Wafflemus can, can fly. Good movie. Check it out. It's it's amazing. And if you're a lawyer listening, yes, I did all that stuff. But if you're not a lawyer, it's a really good movie and a totally original idea. Um, but yeah, that is my favorite Wafflemas movie of all time. And, and on that note, and only that note, none of the other bad stuff that happened... Right, because you might think, oh, Waffles is confessing to a lot of crimes in this episode. And that's not the case. I'm just talking about legally mandated Waffle movies that I have to talk about with my, my lawyers present, and they're nodding at me very rigorously. These are legally mandated Wafflemas movies that I'm talking about that aren't confessions of a crime. We fought really hard in court for that point. That I would admit to what I did in the guise of Wafflemas movies. 
And it's not an admission of guilt, it's an admission of movies. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And on that note, Merry Welcome Us. Pew, 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 pew.